The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Take your leadership to the next level. It's time for the Foundational Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland of FX Missions. Hi, Scott McClelland here with your FX Missions Leadership Moment. Thanks for jumping in with us. We're really excited today to have Gret Glyer on the program. Hi, Gret. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. Hey, yeah. Thank you for being here, man, taking time. I, I see you're bouncing around on the TED stage and here and there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's uh, Congratulations on that, by the way. Oh, yeah, so cool, much. man. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we're going to have you on From the Forefront, which is also our other podcast, but wanted to take a minute here with you on Leadership Moment and get just pick your brain a little bit about leadership, about your concept of leadership and maybe a specific story or example of something you'd like to say about the subject of leadership. So, yeah, again, thanks for everything you're doing and all your proactivity mm-hmm. out there. I really appreciate where the Lord's taking you, man, this really cool stuff. Thank you and very thanks much. thanks for carving out this time. When, when we talk about leadership, what comes to mind for you? Is there an example of something you would like to mention, maybe a leader from your past role model or even something that you've observed recently? Leadership's a broad subject. Hate to throw it all out there and open the box on you, but does something come to mind? Yeah, I think that there's lots of different uh, things that come to mind, especially I, I like to think of the people in my life who I admire and I want to personally emulate. And what do those leaders look like? And leadership can look a lot of different ways, but the leaders that I admire the most also seem to be the most effective. And they're the mm-hmm. leaders who are sacrificial and they um, they give people attention uh, oftentimes, irregardless of status, they are mm-hmm. servants. They're people who are often put into a leadership position because of because of their capability and not because they're climbing over other people to get there and people want mm-hmm. them in that position and they enjoy that. And so those are some of the, the qualities that I see in leadership that I'm really impressed with and I admire. I see. Well, there's several key things that you mentioned in there. You know, you can hardly separate leadership from effectiveness, right? Like you said, effectiveness and leadership go hand in hand Mm -hmm. because if you're not effective as a leader, (laughs) it doesn't take long to get disqualified from the opportunity. And like you say, the people who are talented or they have something to offer in terms of a service in serving they lead, those are cool attributes, do you think of someone specifically or an example specifically like that comes to mind? Something you want to talk about that you observe? I'm, I'm lucky to have a lot of like several, several really great leaders in my life. One of the people that I, I know really well, his name is Seth Barnes. He's the CEO of the World Race, which is a large short-term mission organization. I worked with mm-hmm, him. Yeah. yeah, I worked with him for a year directly, but then I've just like several years 
he's been a good friend and mentor of mine. And really cool. he's, he's a servant. He gets back to your emails almost immediately, like way faster than I get back to emails and he's a ton busier than me. <laughs> and he's just constantly thinking like, how can he invest in the lives of the people around him? And mm. I really admire that about him. And so, yeah, I mean, he's a busy guy. He's a, he, he works quite a bit, but I know he also invests in his family a good bit. And he's uh he's someone I admire a lot. Very cool. I, I had the, the privilege to meet Seth some years ago when we were living in the Carolinas. I ran down and uh, he took he took an afternoon out to answer some questions for me and, mm-hmm. and spend yeah. some time with me. And so I recognize what you're saying about about him. And boy, is he he's raised up. Uh, there's a lot going on. Adventures in Missions is doing a lot of stuff. I know that started as, you know, it was a what his what his baby or his brainchild or didn't he initiate what became adventures in missions? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he was, he is, he's the founder of it. So he, I mean, that's his thing. (laughs) Uh, He's had help along the way, but yeah, he's done quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite an organization now. And I know they didn't start that long ago because he's not just, he's just a little bit older than me and it happened in his lifespan. So yeah, it's maybe a 25, 30 year old organization, um, but world race is much newer. So yeah. 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 Were you on the race? I never was on the race, but when I I lived overseas in Malawi, when, when I was there, I hosted teams of world racers. Very cool. I had, uh, some familiarity with the race interviewed. Uh, I've got a friend who was a former racer and did some interviews with her along the trajectory. So familiar with that. Very, very, very cool. You were living overseas in Malawi. Yes. I lived there for three years and that was quite the experiment experience. Um, and there's a lot of different <laughs> types of leadership that were, that you could see over there as well. I think some of the yeah. the most impressive people are these people who are living on a dollar a day or $2 a day. And despite mm. their unfortunate circumstances, they're still examples within their own community and they don't let that their situation get them down. And I'm just like so impressed whenever I meet people wow. like that. Those those people are you know, they, they don't get much recognition at all, but they're they're just remarkable. Wow. You know, living in a different context gives you a different perspective. You know, it kind of breaks down some of the stereotypical stuff that comes with culture. You get to see something different or outside what's normal to you in the environment you were raised in. And then you also get some of this stuff, what I would call countercultural or something that counters our, you know, native culture or whatever in the West or in the States. Like you say, folks living on a dollar a day who are getting a lot done for the kingdom, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in, in our minds, you're like, ah, how could that be? You know, in terms of the way we think in the States, power and money or have a static relationship, right? But mm-hmm. what you're saying is what you learn something different. Elaborate on that a little bit, if you would. Yeah. Well, I think that power and money are not nearly as valuable as we project them to be here in the West. And I think that they're still very helpful tools, but I think that there's there's a lot of value in character. And some of that is hard to see when you have a lot, a lot of money floating around. So we just have, like, we're just drowning in affluence in this side of the world. We, we may not feel like it. We may feel like we're, how would, how would you put it? We may feel like we are not as well off as other people, but that's just because mm-hmm. we're comparing ourselves to people who are living in the top 1% of the world, which is almost all of us. So 
here in America. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah. I think that we lose sight of, of other really important things. And, and not that there's anything wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with affluence. I feel like I have to say that because people get worked up. Defensive. With, yeah, defensive. defensive. Yeah, would yeah. be a good word. That's a great way. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the truth is that there's a lot of, just because half of the world is living on like $2 a day or less. And those mm-hmm. people are, are still like remarkable, impressive people. And there's a lot that can be learned from them. And, and because of the way where, because of here in the West, where we're just like so fixated on wealth and power, because we're fixated on that, we miss out on the riches of what's going on in other parts of the world. Riches meaning something other than monetary wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool, man. No, I'm tracking. I'm tracking with you. I've traveled a good bit in Latin America, East Africa, and some other places as well, Thailand. And I, I've come to know not only what you're saying, but also those triggers that people have on board, right? Yes. I mean, when you when you say something like that to a person, and we can get into this more on the Forefront episode because we won't run out of time over there. But mm-hmm. when you say something to a Westerner, you say, half the world's living on $2 a day. It's like we've got triggered sort of condition responses mm-hmm. yeah. to to kind of to kind of disarm the power of that statement. We've got sort of built-in mechanisms to take the edge off. Yeah, you just can, you can explain <laughs> it away. You can say something really quick and it just yeah, is, it's, yeah. you don't need to think about it too much because there's a there's a simple explanation for all of that. Whether someone wants to <laughs> throw a cost of living or any any oh, uh, yeah. other excuses, so yeah, I'd love yeah. to talk about that more on the other podcast. Yeah, we 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 will. The purchasing power parody is my favorite. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that, but anyway, very cool, man. Well, Grant, we really appreciate you jumping on here. Sorry, this of course is a brief podcast, but I would like to let's dig into more about that $2 a day stuff on the farm, the forefront, and we'll arrange the episodes so that folks can get back and forth really easy. Let, let me ask you this as we're closing here up. If someone wants to find out more about what Gret is doing, where would they go? Now, I know you've got probably a lot of places yeah, to send them. I'm all over the place. On- I would say find me <laughs> at Greg Lyre on Twitter, at Greg Lyre on Instagram, you can find me at Grecklier on Facebook and then okay. Grecklier.com. Just type in Grecklier. Okay. Also my YouTube channel, Grecklier. So lot really awesome, easy to find. Man. Yeah. Very cool. Now I'm gonna spell that for folks that are were raised in the deep woods like me. Okay. So it's G R E T G L Y E R. Gret Glyer, am I right? That's it. Cool, man. Well, We'll send people your way on that front, and we'll look forward to seeing you on an upcoming episode of From the Forefront. Thanks for your time, Gret. Thank you. This Leadership Moment was produced in partnership with Engaging Missions. Have your leadership question answered by contacting Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit FX Missions to learn more about how you can grow your leadership and engage in missions. Visit engagingmissions.com for encouragement, insight, and resources from missionaries, ministry leaders, and church planters.